Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Alike Okunpawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat here on WSBT Radio. As we are two days away from a shillelagh being won. Number 21, Notre Dame, still ouching from the 13-point loss at Louisville. By the way, Eric, I didn't ask you. I picked the game 33-20. Does it matter which team I pick to win? Does that make the prediction better? I did pick 33-20, but I kind of picked the team with the gold helmets to win. So do I get any credit at all, or is that? No. No. Who did you pick to win? Well, I picked Notre Dame. Okay. But I had 33-20 as the score, so. Nah. Nah. Nah, okay. That's fine. If it wasn't for those meddling Irish, I would have been right, darn it. <laughs> All right. That's Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. My name is Darren Fritchett. We are broadcasting from our studios just a couple of three irons away from Notre Dame Stadium. It will be a very active stadium. I don't think the atmosphere is going to be that much less because Notre Dame is out of the playoff, coming off a frustrating loss. I still think it's going to be an excited stadium, don't you? I mean, you've got all day of tailgating. That can enhance (laughs) the excitement level a little bit. I think the weather may uh, affect the enhancement of both the crowd and how early they get there and how wound up. I mean, it doesn't feel like USC and there's all this stuff on the line like there was Ohio State. Ohio State week did feel different. Yeah. Um, but I think once we get to Saturday night, you know, I, I think people be – I think the atmosphere will be pretty neat. But, again, if it's raining uh, during the day, you know, Fox Big Noon kickoff is here, and it's really kind of an afterthought. And I thought, is this a branding thing? Because it's Urban Meyer, uh, Matt Leiner, Brady Quinn are three of the people on that crew. And, you know, it's like – Oh, yeah, they're going to be there from 10 to noon. It will be interesting to see the turnout for that particular show compared to what we've seen on College Game Day. There's a little rivalry forming between the two because McAfee, of course, who just runs his mouth about anything, kind of took some shots at Washington State, maybe Oregon State. Their flags are at College Game Day, and then the – Fox show came back and they were all waving those two flags kind of right back at college game day. So I guess it never hurts to have rivalry in television as well, but it will be interesting to see the turnout for the Fox pregame show. And what time is it 
10 to noon. 10 to noon. Okay. I don't enjoy college game day as much with McAfee on it, but I might flip over to, to Fox a little bit, see what they've got going on. It should be fun. They'll have some good stuff with Leinert and Quinn. Did you see Brady had to wear an Ohio State jersey on set because of a bet? So we'll see what that does to the fan base on Saturday. People are fired up about that. All right. Well, Eric and I are here to talk Notre Dame and USC. We are putting Louisville in the past. We're trying to look ahead to this matchup with USC. We'll have our advantage game, our InsideIndieSports.com chat recap, which was very interesting yesterday, by the way. I've read the entire transcript. We have our Twitter question of the day, which is, of course, what's the right parlay for Notre Dame USC? I've got Tim Murray joining me in the 6 o'clock hour. The diehard Notre Dame football fan, he's bummed, but the show must go on. He is the host of VEASAN's Primetime Show, which you can see tonight at 6 Eastern Time via YouTube TV or VSIN.com. We talk Louisville. We talk about the spread, which is very interesting as the Irish are the favorite. And one of Tim's favorite words comes up. In regard to that line, you oh, know what really? it is? It's um, ignore. I don't know. <laughs> Stinky. Stinky. Well, yeah, USC's the unbeaten team. And Notre Dame's coming off the bad loss. And Notre Dame's the favorite. So and it just that smells... elicits stinky. Yes, stinky. Okay. It just kind of one of those, if you bet... Notre Dame, you have to hold your nose a little bit. Like, wow, I'm, I'm betting on Notre Dame as the favorite against USC. Okay. So there you go. You can use that in your next betting video that you do at InsideIndieSports.com. We, we did it right before I came in, and I completely changed my score prediction from what I had in the morning. Oh, okay. Well, I will get to that okay. in just a couple of moments. All right. Let's get started with our advantage game. Here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. As Jim Nance says about the Masters, a tradition like any other, it is the advantage game. And this week, we put under the microscope Notre Dame and USC. Why are you laughing? Did you mean to say a tradition like any other? Because I think it's a tradition <laughs> like no other. <laughs> yes. That's what I meant to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We all need a bye week at this point. Okay, here we go. Let's start with the University of Southern California and their run game, which gets lost in the shuffle, but a young man from South Carolina has enhanced that running game. Notre Dame defense has been okay against the run, but they've been... Spring some leaks. Some big plays have come yeah. from the opposition run game. So, Eric, in the advantage game, how do you take a look at when USC runs the football? When you look at the rankings, USC is 54th in rush offense. Notre Dame is 58th in rush defense. So that seems like it's pretty even. I'll tell you, that's where USC really ambushed Notre Dame last year. They crushed them in the run game. I mean, it was a resounding edge for USC, and it didn't look like it should have been going into that game. I think Al Golden is going to be much more cognizant of the run game this year because I think he overplayed or underplayed the run and overplayed the pass, but he's got a way better defensive backfield this year. I still am going to give USC a slight edge here because of Caleb Williams running in that mix. Uh, but I think it's going to be a close. I think that's going to be a really interesting factor in this game. Have you seen the TV commercial of a fast food restaurant involving Caleb Williams and his fingernails are printed with a message? Have you seen that? I, I have seen that. Yes. Okay. And, and I just, you know what? I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to okay. go with Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Now that you mentioned the fingernails. <laughs> Well, I, I think the one thing that's going to make it maybe a little bit easier for Notre Dame to win that slight advantage is the fact that it's going to be damp and cold. Now, 
it may not be raining when the game finishes, but it's supposed to be raining when it starts for sure and all day leading up to it. Okay, so when USC runs the football, slight advantage Notre Dame. Yes. That's a must. Yeah. That's a must. Okay, now we turn our attention to the Heisman Trophy winner throwing the football, Caleb Williams, leading that USC passing attack against an outstanding group of starting cornerbacks for the Fighting Irish, Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison. It's hard to imagine USC doesn't win the check mark here because the Heisman Trophy winner is behind center. But maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Well... Notre Dame is fourth in the country in pass efficiency defense. That's pretty impressive, and they've been up in that stratosphere the whole year. Caleb Williams uh, leads the country in pass efficiency. He is one point off right now what the NCAA record would be for that stat. He did have his worst game in passing by far against Arizona uh, last week, and yet... His ability to extend plays negates some of the the prowess that Notre Dame has in its defensive backfield. They're going to really have to hold their coverage a long time. So I'm giving USC the advantage here. I would give USC the advantage over everybody in that category. Well said. Okay, the advantage game now moves to the Fighting Irish offense. This, is, this is where you have... I don't think PTSD is the right word, but you have some hesitation because of how Notre Dame has been playing with the Notre Dame running game. I mean, you look at it, Notre Dame has dropped all the way down to 53rd in rushing offense, and USC is 89th in rushing defense, and Arizona ran all over them. Stanford ran all over them. I mean, pretty much everybody except for maybe Arizona State and the overmatched teams like Nevada early in the year. But Arizona State would have had well over 100 yards. Their running back did very well. It was eight sacks of Drew Pine that brought that down to 90 yards. So everybody's been running on them. And yet last year in this game, USC was not very good against the run. They they, uh, committed extra help into the box. They won that rushing battle decisively and said Drew Pine beat us, and Drew Pine went 22 of 26 and still couldn't beat USC. Uh, But I'm going to go with Notre Dame here. Again, some of it because of the rain, and and some of it I'm giving the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get things figured out against a really not-so-good run defense. When you look at the teams that they played this year, only Central Michigan – ranks worse than USC's rush defense. In fact, not even they do. Wow. Yeah, th- this is the worst run defense on their entire schedule, both past and present. Amazing how USC cannot rectify this. Well, Every we'll year. see if they can Saturday night. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're looking at the Louisville and Duke film saying, you know, I mean, they do, they are the number one team in the country and tackles for loss but they give up explosives they give up big plays in the passing game they're just they gamble a lot and they lose a lot well DraftKings Sportsbook you know they put out numbers they're not looking to lose money Audric estimates over under rushing yards in this game mm-hmm. you want to give it a shot 84 and a half 96 and a half Okay. If they are close to being correct, that's a very, very good sign. Right. Because I think he'll get the carries. Don't you get the sense now we're kind of down to a two-man rotation with other guys just spotted in certain moments? I think so. Especially now that you're not playing in 90-degree weather with humidity, uh, which there weren't too many of those weeks. You didn't and a tougher schedule. What's that? And a tougher schedule. And a tougher schedule. Which is probably cut back on the five-headed monster. You're eager for this because I was doing a dramatic pregnant pause, and you just went with Notre Dame running game. I was setting it up, led by Jared Parker's 
play calling, and you just went. So that's okay. That's okay. I'll try. I, I, w- I wanted to get through the hole before the guards rotated. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, I can't top that one. Well, Marcus said today he plans on going with his five starters and adjusting if they need to. I think that is reasonable. Yes, that's kind of the norm compared to last week. Okay, next up, Notre Dame passing game. Is this the game... Sam Hartman and his wide receivers get back on track. And now you can go. No pause for any reason. Okay. Well, (laughs) Notre Dame is still 14th as a team in pass efficiency, and USC is 89th in pass efficiency defense. Again, the backup quarterback, I can't remember his name. Is it Fafita? Um, Noah Fafita. 5'9", 170-pound, through all over the place against USC. I mean, he was amazing. Um, and yet, I just, I, I I don't know how Jared Parker's going to react to the criticism, to the adversity. This is kind of new, so I don't have a track record with him. So I am going to say USC wins this one. That check mark. Okay. I think Notre Dame's Pass offense will be better, but I don't know that it's going to be the pass offense we saw in weeks one through four. Okay. That's a little bit of bad news there. Well, I mean, are you, I mean, the thing is, I don't think Tobias Merriweather's ready to break out in this game. I think we'll see Mitchell Evans have a good game. I think we'll see Jaden Thomas have a good game. If Great House is healthy, I think we'll see him have a good game. But I'm just not ready. I, I I just have flashbacks from last week. That was that was bad coaching. Yep, no question. Okay, Eric, advantage game. Next category, special teams. What happened to all the block punts we used to have? <laughs> yeah. Well, USC used to, prior to Lincoln Riley, didn't pay much attention to special teams they were you wouldn't think they you would have thought they were always good because they always had all these great athletes and they were awful they are better than Notre Dame in every special teams category this year except maybe not at field goal kicker you know Spencer Schrader kicked a couple in the Louisville game both over 50 yards USC's kicker the last two times he's kicked He's missed a 35-yarder, and he missed a 24-yarder at the end of regulation that would have won that game for USC in regulation. So they go to triple overtime because he missed it. So, But but they, they're they better in the return games. They're better in the coverage games. They're better in net punting. So USC gets a big check mark there. All right, and we end the advantage game with some intangibles. Well, I think... I'm always curious about this week when Notre Dame has midterm exams. There's usually, it's not a collective team thing, but there are certain individuals that have really struggled, maybe not gotten a lot of sleep during the week, and they struggle in the game that finishes up exam week. Uh, And yet, I think the rain and the cold is not going to be to USC's liking. And... I think there's pressure on USC and there's pressure on the coaching staff. I don't know that there's necessarily pressure on the players. There's not, you know, high, high stakes here for Notre Dame. I'm going to give Notre Dame the check mark and intangibles. Here's one reason why I like the rain is Notre Dame has a nice, really nice indoor facility and they practiced in the rain this week to prepare for this game. Mitchell Evans was like, bring on the rain. I want the rain. He likes the rain. So I thought, okay, I like the fact that they practiced outside this week. And then the USC players got sprayed while they practiced. Yeah, with a hose. They (laughs) they had the slip and slide. (laughs) We're not kidding. I know. Sprayed them down as they were playing. Did you see Will Ferrell on Twitter last week? I did not. His son... 
Or was that a fraternity, right? Yes. And so Farrell showed up at the fraternity and DJed the night away. How cool is that? If he wants to show up at my house and DJ, he can't. We got a DJ at Notre Dame Stadium. I mean. And people were not happy with the last night game of the Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Place on Earth being played. That was that was not universally liked. Love the song. Yeah. From the 80s, but at a football game. Yeah, you needed something a little bit more rowdy. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, the DJ needs to be, the jukebox needs to be altered a little bit. Yeah. So we'll see what they come up with for USC. So probably no Beach Boys this week. That would be not the greatest of choices. <laughs> hey, the Ramones might be available. Let's fly them in, right? Well, they're oh, no longer right. with that's us except right. for maybe one of them is still alive. All right. Well, we'll just bring in some replacements. Can Tyler James play any instruments? I don't think so. He would seem like a guitar, a bassist to me. If he ha- has that talent, I have not seen it. All right. We'll work took- on that. I took music lessons for three different instruments, and I play none of them now, but I probably could play one of them in a pinch. Well, I faked playing a saxophone in my dad's band. Oh, man. See, I've wanted to learn to play the saxophone forever. Well, I'm good at faking if you need some advice. (laughs) You know, I've always wanted to play the banjo. How about that for weird? Okay. Well, my three were... Piano, which I think I could still play. Okay. Cello. Interesting. And accordion. Oh, now that would be fun. It was fun. They should use you at the stadium. Come out <laughs> of the 50-yard line. Hung, hung, hung. That'd be great. It would be an improvement over Belinda Carlisle. All right. We'll take a timeout, and when we come back, we will talk some more Notre Dame football. Eric and Darren with you, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is your pregame prep. I'm getting you used to hearing this about 86,000 times on Saturday. And their other song, what? Dun, 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 dun. You got to prepare yourself mentally for this stuff, right? As a fan. So that's what I'm doing right now. This is what you have to tune out on Saturday. It's actually a catchy tune, but it is the rival. Just like Hail to the Victors is pretty cool, but it's Michigan, so you can't like it. Michigan fans should say the Notre Dame fight song is really, really cool, but it's the rival. Gotcha. We've covered the musical part of the program a couple of times (laughs) here, and we will move along now to... Eric Hansen's chat, which he held yesterday at InsideIndieSports.com. You can take part in Eric's chat every Wednesday at noon at InsideIndieSports.com. Eric, of course, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett at 533. I'm going to grab a few of the questions from yesterday. Let's talk some Notre Dame football. We begin with Jim from Valley Center, California. He says, it is rather stunning to see the Irish actually regressing at a time in the season when improvement and development should be manifesting themselves. That is a very troubling fact. Particularly disturbing is the faltering of the offense, whereas of late, Parker has shown very little creativity and ability to adapt and adjust. Moreover, Neither Rudolph nor Stuckey appear to be doing much to get needed production out of the positions they oversee. Big picture, in your opinion, what in the heck is going on with the offense? What's currently going on simply should not be happening. How about the Cliff Note version of of that answer? Right. So I went on fairly long, and some of this we covered yesterday, so I'm going to shorten it and give you – Yep. The different aspects that maybe we didn't touch on and just maybe a little bit of a review here. So Jared Parker got off to a phenomenal start. 440-plus games, first time since 1900 a Notre Dame team had scored like that out of the gate. And then teams start to get a book on you and how your philosophy is, and 
then you have to make a an a counterpunch to that as teams start to adjust to you. Jared Parker hasn't shown that he's been able to do that yet. So I think that would explain the most. Can he come up with that this week? Well, the USC defense isn't as good as the defenses that Notre Dame has faced the past three weeks, but they do have some standouts. Collectively, they have not been really good, but they are going to see similar tactics, and Jared Parker is going to have to figure out how to unload a box against his offense. Uh, but it shouldn't be happening, um, not to the extent that it did in the Louisville game. That was really alarming. And then he went on about Rudolph and Stuckey as this part of them. You know, sometimes it's really difficult to separate out position coaches from the coordinator. And I'll give you a great example. Is Harry Heastan's last year at Tennessee, they had one of the worst offenses in the country. They had worst, one of the worst offensive line play in the country because the offense was so bad, because they had so many freshmen and redshirt freshmen on their offensive line. And when Harry Easton was hired away from Tennessee, Tennessee fans are like, fine, have him, take him, bye. And mm. Notre Dame gets one of the best college offensive line coaches ever in that transaction. So you couldn't tell there. So from Rudolph, if the line rotation was his idea, he deserves, you know, a, um, you know, a nose thumbing. A detention? At. Yeah, detention, detention. I think Stucky's done a pretty good job when you think about how many receiver, you know, that he's got a couple receivers that are freshmen and double-digit catches. You know how many times that's happened yeah. since 2010? Three times. Wow. So – I think given the injuries and the youth, I think he's done a pretty good job. And and so can this get fixed? I mean, we're going to find out Saturday. Um, you know, he's got good people around him. The one thing about it is Jared Parker isn't stubborn. He listens to other voices. So let's see if he can get it fixed. But it shouldn't have happened and shouldn't be happening. It's hard to pick Notre Dame this week because of everything you just said. Correct. It is hard, which is why the line sticking at two and a half, I thought for sure that's going to flip. It's going to be USC by seven, and it's sitting at two and a half, which is incredible because those people in Las Vegas are pretty smart. Yes, they are. You just don't feel like, from what we have seen the last few weeks, there will be a massive change this week. Maybe we'll be surprised. I hope we'll be surprised. But this coaching staff on the offensive side, they've got to show us something Yep. this week. They're on the clock after what we saw last week. <laughs> it's funny because the defense is facing the highest scoring offense in the country and the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. But quite honestly, the offense has is the yes. side of the staff that has something to prove. So based on everything we just said, did you have the guts to pick Notre Dame to win this game? Not this morning um, when we got – and maybe it was because there was a fly that kept landing on my head, uh, but I ended up picking Notre Dame 33-31, to 31, which if, I w if you've driven off the highway at this point, I'm sorry, uh, but that's what I'm picking with not a whole lot of confidence in it. It's just kind of a gut pick based on – what should have happened if we didn't have these hiccups the last couple weeks and what the statistics tell me. So I'm going with analytics. I'm going to lean percentages. into analytics. I'm going with percentages. <laughs> well, I picked USC for 31 points as well, but I'm stuck on where to go with Notre Dame. I think that's fair. I think if Marcus plays it right, I think why I ended up with 33 is I've got four field goals figured into that. I think Schrader is going to be able to make those field goals and long ones. And again, USC, you know, that the, the score of the Arizona game is a little bit deceptive because that was a 28-28 game in regulation. Yeah. But, but that Arizona could do that in Los Angeles. You know, that wasn't like a crazy Arizona crowd. So, I don't know. And I that just, Drew Pine got 28 points. 
that should be the minimum of what Notre Dame's and, offense And gets. getting sacked eight times. And getting sacked eight times and still getting 28 oh. points. A season-high 28 points for them. I just can't imagine USC stopping the run game. Even though everything we've just talked about this week, I just think the Notre Dame run game will have success in this game. If they don't, then there is more detentions. Yeah, more detentions. Okay, next up in our InsideIndieSports.com chat recap, Steve from St. Louis. I just really appreciate your short but precise answer. So the question was, there have been some head-scratching decisions, statements made the last several weeks. Is the coaching staff costing the team wins? And you said? On Saturday night against Louisville, in my opinion, they did. That was on the coaching staff. Offensive side in particular? Offensive side in particular, although the defense gave up two big explosive plays. But you you turn over the ball five times, you're putting your defense in a really bad situation. I thought you were going to go Jim Mora right there. <laughs> Playoffs? <laughs> we couldn't do diddly squat. Remember uh, that old speech? Yeah, yeah. All right, oh, well, I remember the playoff one the that most. That too. Yeah. Playoffs. Well, there's no question. The offensive coaching staff, I can't imagine Marcus Freeman standing over them said there is no problem with the play calling when they met. That was optics. Because if that's the standard we have set, then we need to have a big conversation at the end of the year and our new AD needs to start reevaluating a lot of things. When you go back and look at the losses in the Notre Dame in Marcus Freeman's time, it tends to be when they either lose the line of scrimmage by that you kind of expected, or they lose the line of scrimmage on both sides when you didn't expect it. It usually is rooted there. Denny from Beaverton, Oregon. People say that Notre Dame has to figure out how to beat teams that stack the box against the run. I thought the problem was supposed to be solved by getting a quarterback that was capable of throwing the ball deep. Didn't we learn anything last year when the team stacked the box every game against Pine? What do you think, Eric? That performance Saturday night, according to Denny, was an embarrassment. So Denny from Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, yes, the, Sam Hartman was supposed to be kind of the antidote to that, that you would be able to toggle back and forth. If teams overplayed your run, you could open them up by – making them pay in the passing game and vice versa. And what happened in the Duke game, understandably Notre Dame was down to three receivers um, and three receivers that weren't necessarily experienced as receivers. And Duke took advantage of that. Now Louisville, you had more people back. This shouldn't have repeated itself with at least – a healthy Jaden Thomas and a part-time Jaden Greathouse, that shouldn't have happened against Louisville, and it did. And and then Notre Dame giving up a season-high five sacks, the offensive line having such difficult time protecting. None of these things should have happened against Louisville, and that's where it was uh, difficult. I, I think at this point you need to salvage what you can out of Sam Hartman at this point. I did ask Marcus about him on the Zoom today. You know, how's he dealing with this? And he said, you know what? The great thing about Sam is he's been through. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Hold on just a second here. This was Eric's question being answered about Sam leading the team. Here's Marcus Freeman. I think the biggest thing with Sam is he's consistent, right? You're, he's, he's experienced. He's been through. Um, wins and losses and so he continues to be the same person um, the same leader and uh, um, the, what happens the week before does not affect the way Sam approaches his preparation uh, and approaches his leadership so um, I've been really pleased with with what he's done in terms of every single week of preparation and leadership amongst all offense there you go so um, but so I think Sam Hartman's going to be resilient through this I think Drew Pine had 
some crises of confidence. I don't think Sam Hartman's going to be, even though he's been held the last two weeks under a 120 pass efficiency rating for the first time since his freshman season, Clemson and Florida Mm. State back-to-back. There was one other time that happened in his freshman year, and it was his third and fourth starts of his career, Boston College and Notre Dame. I'm surprised the Louisville game last year. Didn't fall into that category. It it was he had a lot of yards and a lot of yards okay. per catch, but this is back to back. That that wasn't a good right. performance. These are back to back performances. Okay, Jonathan from Hideaway, Texas, has an offensive and defensive question. Let's start with offense. Why not? Jonathan says the complete failure of Tobias Merriweather to contribute is an indictment of Notre Dame's ability to develop and evaluate receivers. Yet you are defending the wide receivers coach here and redirecting the blame to play calling. No, you are a smart dude, so I want to understand help. (laughs) Dude. Okay. So um, I, I, I think play calling definitely plays into not maximizing all the receivers. But let's talk about Tobias and specifically. And again, you're not going to hit on every receiver that's talented. I I, I think that – I still think that there's a chance that Tobias eventually overcomes this. And we've talked about other players that have come in with similar hype and that eventually do pay off like – Javon McKinley, Miles Boykin, even Chase Claypool to some extent. Um, But Tobias, you know, going into the year, you ask any defensive back on Notre Dame's team, who would you least like to go against? Tobias, Tobias, Tobias. It's hard to get anybody to say anything different. And then when we watched him in August, he was – kind of inconsistent I wrote about it a day that I talked to him about halfway through training camp and you could just tell there was kind of a crisis of confidence with him there were some mental hurdles that he had to get over and what encourages you about that is because you know he has a great support system around him his dad is a track coach he's got sisters that are in athletics that are former track stars you know, the guy wins the 200-meter state championship in Washington with a bad hamstring. I love his maturity, but he does have this mental hurdle that he's got to get over. There's nothing physical that's that's keeping holding Tobias back. So is that on Chancey Stuckey? I, I don't think so. When you see the development of the other receivers, when you see – Rico Flores and Jaden Greathouse playing at the high level that they are. There's just times that it just doesn't happen. There was a five-star here a few years ago, Jordan Johnson. He's, he has left college without a career catch. He went to UCF, then he went into the portal again and wasn't <sighs> plucked out of it. Nobody wanted him. Um, so sometimes it just doesn't work out. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Tobias, he has the potential to work his way out of it. I just can't predict when or if that will happen. If I had to bet, I would say he will eventually get there. I just don't know when it's going to be. Or where. Or where. Right. Okay, second part of the question. Like everybody else, Jonathan says, I've seen the whiff tackles and lack of production at Viper, but this defense has been remarkably successful in first halves and, frankly, all the way till they've been worn out by their offensive counterparts inability to give them rest i think he hits on the concept of complementary football in fact i complimented him on that uh there very well he understands that and yet there are things that the defense can get better at certainly the missed tackles are a problem i mean notre dame shouldn't be either at the middle of the pack or in the back half of teams with missed tackles that should be a team that's one of the better tackling teams, given the athletes, given the s- schemes that they have. Um, and then the pass rush has got to get better. Now, this week is tricky because uh, 
you have to be very clever in the way that you defend Caleb Williams. He's not – he's just – there's nobody like him in college football in the way that he can elude pass rushes. So you have to be very careful. It's got to be more sophisticated. It can't be an yep. all-out, you know, whatever. They've sacked him twice last year, but, boy, he made them pay in the running game. He had three rushing touchdowns in that 38-27 win. Finally, Tino from Chicago – Eric, what does this team most need in order to salvage this season at this point? In your view, what does a successful season now look like realistically? I feel all Notre Dame fans, myself included, got seduced into this idealistic flash CFP run with all the Hartman excitement and optics through the first four or five games. So now it feels a bit disoriented to be sitting here five and two with a lot of question, doubts, and several dangerous teams remaining on the slate. I'm a, I think I probably, this is the one time I'll kind of read my answer. Sure. I think it's the best way to do okay. it. So I will say, I think a successful season is one in which Notre Dame recaptures and takes advantage of Sam Hartman's decision to transfer to Notre Dame. I still think he's a special quarterback who can help the Irish transcend some of their flaws. I think a successful season allows us to evaluate who Jared Parker is as an offensive coordinator and what that would look like beyond the 2023 season. A successful season is one in which this team used the Louisville loss as a turning point and an inflection point to greater success in 2023 and beyond, and if all that can be bundled into a 10-2 and two package um, and a bowl win, all the better. Um, so, uh, and I think is I think a lot of people's expectations that Sam Hartman would be what put them over the top was reasonable. Absolutely. Given and and the way Notre Dame played Ohio State should tell you that. Um, and I think what people didn't anticipate and I didn't anticipate was the offensive coaching staff hiccups and not being able to overcome that. Yeah, they overcame it at Duke. They did not overcome it against Louisville. That's why this is such a critical week. Eric Hansen hosts a chat at InsideIndieSports.com every Wednesday at noon. You, of course, can take part in that particular chat and our WSBT Radio fans out there, you can also take advantage of a special offer by going to InsideIndieSports.com and then do what? Either sing Belinda Carlisle's <laughs> Heaven is a Place on Earth word for word, or the easier way is to go to InsideIndieSports.com, InsideIndieSports.com, go to the subscribe button, and then paste in the promo code ND radio. And if you do that, you'll get a month for free. You can try us out. And then at the end of the month, you could see if our site is better than the play calling from the last two weeks on offense. And if it is, then please give us a longer trial. They should take advantage of this offer. <laughs> and I'm hoping that Belinda Carlisle is one of the people that does that. She was on Celebrity Name That Tune the other day, and she got crushed by, um, I can't remember who, what the girl. Our game day celebrity guest picker for the Duke game? <laughs> <Yeah>. Ken? <laughs> it was uh, one of those people from the 80s, female singers from the 80s that I can't. Debbie Gibson? Debbie Gibson crushed her. Really? Yes. That's kind of mean. Well, I mean, not on purpose. I mean, she just, Belinda wasn't very good. She couldn't think of the songs. I guess she thought that they were just going to play this song. Did she know who it was when she made those comments? Or were oh, they no, still no. in costume? No, no, no. That's not the mask oh, singer. Oh, this that, is Name That Tune. Oh, Name That Tune. So they go oh. against each other and try oh, to. Oh, I got you. They play for charity, and whoever can name more songs who the artist was or whatever or name the tune. They have this bit of note where you say, I can name that tune in three notes or whatever, and Belinda was she got Interesting. Yeah, Debbie Gibson beat her pretty handy. It's hard to remember lyrics sometimes, especially when you're on the spot like that. Wow. Yeah, well, I would do very well with 
certain periods of music and then there's others and and it happens when I'm playing along I'm like I've never even heard that song but if it's 70s or 80s I could beat Debbie Gibson and Belinda Carlin man this is firing me up for a third down and short Audric Estime plunge isn't it (laughs) I'm not afraid no I'm not run it up the middle Go ahead and go on fourth at an 11. <laughs> All right. I just don't get it. Anyway, how about the Twitter question of the day? You want to do that next? Sure. All right. We'll take a timeout. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. For many children in northern Indiana, school meals wow. are the only This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Six o'clock at WSBT South Bend. Eric Hansen, publisher, editor, insideindiesports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Our Twitter question of the day at 960 Sports Beat yesterday was. Which of these Notre Dame wide receivers do you trust the most? Your choices, Jaden Thomas, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores Jr., and Chris Tyree. On yesterday's program, Mr. Hansen voted for Jaden Thomas, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so here are the results. Fourth place, 9.8% of the vote. The former Irish running back, Chris Tyree, that throw that Hartman made that Tyree had a chance to make a touchdown catch on against Louisville, Mm -hmm. I described it this way. I want to see if you agree. If you had a veteran experience wide receiver, they probably make that catch because there was a little difficulty to it. But someone that is new to the position, new to being a wide receiver in a game situation, I call that a challenging catch that might have been a 50-50 opportunity. Right. He had to adjust his path a little bit a better more veteran receiver would have done that and made a difficult catch okay third place in the voting 14.7 percent went with rico flores jr second in the voting for the notre dame wide receiver you trust the most 35.7 percent agreed with eric and went with Jaden thomas And winning the vote, despite not playing the last two games, freshman Jaden Greathouse got 39.9% of the vote, so there was not a majority. It was like Ross Perot was in the voting. So we thank you for the votes, and now we move along to today's question. What will be the outcome of the Notre Dame-USC game? I've got four choices for you. We break it down this way. Notre Dame wins by one to five points. Choice number two, Notre Dame wins by six or more. Number three, USC wins by one to five. And yes, fourth, USC wins by six plus. So, based on Eric's vote earlier today, your choice would be number one? Right. Notre Dame wins by one to five. Correct. Okay. With not a whole lot of confidence behind that pick. Well, it's folks. It's a good thing I'm not a gambler. there's no money on that you'd be betting just pennies on that selection the the most money i've ever bet on a game is a cup of coffee and did you win the cup of coffee i have won and lost cups of coffee uh bill belinsky and i used to bet cups of coffee on games that didn't involve notre dame okay we picked out one game and we would bet on that this was years ago did it ever affect the taco bar it never affected the taco bar. The taco bar was, um, well, incredible. There's been, and, and there has not been one since before the pandemic, even after Tyler and I have left. Is there a new tradition at InsideIndieSports.com? And if not, should there be? We would like to have one at some point. Um, I think we'll probably do that with Charleston after the season. I, you know, the thing about when we were at the Tribune, we had a decent-sized staff. They have 
fewer people now. <laughs> so there were a lot of people to kind of chip in. It, it was, you know, it'll be difficult. It'd be a little more expensive nowadays is I, what I, you're will, saying with I fewer have, people. <laughs> I'm going to have to import some Tribune people like Tom Noy, who is amazing with the vegetables, and Gail um, Bell, who is the person that does all the meat. And she did brisket oh. as one of the taco yeah taco flavored brisket it was, oh my god it was incredible we had to take a nap almost after <laughs> that. all right you can vote what will be the outcome of the notre dame usc game go to twitter x and search for my account at 960 sports beat we'll have results tomorrow and our parlay question coming up on tomorrow's Budweiser's weekday sports beat we wrap up the hour with what's coming up at insideindsports.com with eric so, again, you can go back and read the chat transcript from the um, questions that we didn't answer on the air. I have a notebook, and I led it a lot of good little tidbits today, but I led with how effective Kenny Minchie was um, helping them prepare for Caleb Williams. You know, okay. they haven't had somebody quite like him with that skill set. Uh, Tyler has an opponent outlook. He also has a film analysis if you want to get really – know what went wrong with the blocking at Louisville. He Read does this story. great work. He does. He does. And, of course, Darren, there's much, much more. No Belinda Carlisle stories on our site right now, although it did come up in the chat. Somebody asked about it in the chat. Get her on the podcast. That would be epic, to say do the you, least. Do you think I could get her on the podcast? <laughs> I would think so. Those stars from the past are always looking for a little notoriety. I mean, she got trashed by Debbie Gibson. She's looking for some good pub, and you could provide it. I may just have to do that. Okay. Give it a shot. Do you, do you remember the group that she was in before she was a solo artist? Yes. It, uh the Go-Go's. The Go exactly. That's exactly One right. One of the old MTV bands. Because We Got the Beat was a song we used to use on Sports yeah. Beat way back in the day. Okay. See, it all comes together. Eric, have a great rest of the evening. I will talk to you on Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern Time. Game Day Sports Beat brought to you by Bud Light. I'm going to be in my man cave getting ready for hockey, and I'll be doing the first two hours with you and Tyler as you guys will be at the stadium. You're the lucky ones, so... Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you then. That sounds great. He's Eric Hansen. Check him out inside IndieSports.com. 607, so what about this stinky Notre Dame line? The Irish are favored against the undefeated team that has playoff hopes, USC. How can that be? <laughs> Tim Murray from Beeson has his thoughts coming up in a couple of moments. A sports update is next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.